Hello, folks. So today we're going to be talking about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. Cassie's favorite topic. It It is one of my favorite topics. Yes, I love talking about sex. And we're going to dive into talking about it because it is, for a lot of us, one of the most important things in our relationship, that physical intimacy. And there are many folks who are not getting that need met in their relationships. So we're going to dive it today into why that happens. So stay tuned. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. Here at Touch of Flavor, we teach non-monogamous folks how to overcome their obstacles and build thriving relationships. This podcast is about answering one question. How do you create loving, passionate, secure relationships outside the box, even if nothing has ever worked before? If you want to know the answer, you are in the right place. All of this information is 100% free. So please subscribe to and review our podcast. So Cassie, is this like your favorite subject that we've ever talked about? I mean, as I said before, it's, it is one of my favorite subjects. I love talking about sex. I love, I love, I love sex. I love the action of sex. And I like talking about it because it is a super fun thing to do with your partners. It's a way to connect and yeah, it just brings me joy. So I want to spread a little bit more of that joy today and help folks figure out why it is they're in sexless partnerships and why they're struggling with that. And most likely it's not for the reasons that you think. Yeah. So when we're talking about a sexless partnership, you know, and this, this is going to look kind of different for you, depending on what your needs to feel loved and connected and like sexually fulfilled and desired look like. Um, and you know, it may be very different for some people, right? You know, some people sex once a week might be a sexless partnership, other people might be a couple times a month might be a sexless partnership, but some you know, people, it might be a couple of days and then you're like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but uh, you know, with, with saying that and not, not again, I'm not going to attach any specific time frame to the word sexless, but you know, quite often we talk to people where it's like, we haven't had sex in a month, six months, a year, two years. Right. And you know, what we see a lot of times this is, and, and this is where, and we talk about this sometimes, but where non-monogamy can, as awesome as it is, really throw a magnifying glass on some of those things that would otherwise remain maybe a little less visible or buried if we're a monogamous, is what we see a lot is these situations, people are like, you know, I, my partner hasn't wanted to have sex with me for six months, for a year. And, you know, they tell me, oh, you know, I just, I just don't really feel it. I'm too busy. I just am not really a very sexual person. And now they get a new partner and now there's nothing else they want to do except screw like rabbits. Yeah, it, it puts a highlighter. And really what I, I like to tell folks when they're like, well, you know, this is, this is happening is that when it's just the two of you, it's easy to hide behind the excuses. It's easy to hide behind the fact that your partner has had a headache every day, any time that you want to mess around. Or like, 
there's always, you know, the kids stayed up too late or uh, had a rough day at work, right? When it's just the two of you, it's easier to hide behind that. But when you have other relationships, and, and that's one of the great things about non-monogamy is we have these relationships that we get to explore. But one of the things that happens is you start to see where this isn't just a life problem. It is a dyad problem that we have. Well, and that's that's where that comes in, right? You realize that it isn't your partner doesn't want to have sex, so they don't have sex with you. Ouch. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. And and here's the thing, and I just want to throw, you know, while we do see that, and that magnifying glass does get brought with non-monogamy a lot of times, it isn't you don't have to have that contrast for it to hurt, right? Regardless, even if your partner doesn't have uh, you know, somebody else that they're in that, like, this is awesome phase with still being in a spot where like your needs aren't getting met, where you feel unattractive, where you feel undesired, right? Where, uh, you know, like where you're just not having that intimacy or that connection with your partner, that hurts and sucks regardless of any outside contrast, right? Any outside like magnifying glass thrown on your relationship in that way. Yeah. And a lot of times folks are kind of looking at it like this, right? And and maybe you're the partner, you're, you're, you're the partner who's in the position where you go to spend time with your partner, right? And we, we see this a lot where folks are like, well, we put some intimacy time on our calendar or we like scheduled some sex and Mm -hmm. like we got together. Like if this scenario sounds a little familiar, like I'm not picking on you, just, just picture it for a minute. We have this planned out the kids, we got the sitter and we go to do stuff and we're just not feeling it. Like, or my partner's feeling it and I let them do what they want, but I feel gross. I was getting there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. But we're not feeling it. And then we end up kind of spending that time like, playing on our phones and ignoring each other, or we try and a couple of things happen. The first one being what Josh just mentioned. You say, oh, we scheduled it. I'm going to, I'm going to do the thing. And then you feel gross and maybe even a little resentful, right? And, and, and it doesn't feel good, right? Like it just doesn't feel good that you had sex with your partner, were intimate with your partner out of obligation versus really enjoying it. And then the other thing that happens is the two of you end up in a place where you are intimate, but then the whole time that you're intimate, what you're thinking about is them with their other partner or the argument that you had last week or the fact that like, even though this moment feels good, you know that as soon as you're done, it's going to be another issue. And so we see this a lot when folks are being intimate with each other. Go ahead. Well, and even if even if that isn't popping up in that moment of intimacy, right, a lot of times it doesn't even get that far. Because if that's the kind of stuff that going that, that's going through your head, right, a lot of the times, so it's back to what we just said before, but it won't even make it to intimacy. You won't even get there. Right. And you'll be in the space where you just continue to go through and it's 
another day, another date night, another week, another month, another six months, another year. And that sucks, right? And and the other thing that can wind up happening too, though, is those those few times that you do manage to connect. Like I said, it doesn't feel like it used to. And I don't just mean physically, although that can certainly happen, right? You can certainly be in a space where either because of just where your 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 head is at, or how traumatic other experiences with your partner have been or just uh you know like the fact that you you just aren't really like in it and maybe focused on each other in the same way maybe your partner isn't as interested in you feeling good anymore like it can feel different physically certainly right you can certainly be in a place where like even the the physical aspect of it isn't good but you know, even more often, it's easy to be in a spot where it doesn't emotionally feel like it used to, you know, like where the stars moved and you connected and you became one person and just like it just cemented the relationship between you two. It can actually be something that really just cements how far apart you two are and drives you further away. Right. And and with that too, Cassie, I know that you had wanted to just take a second before we move on and kind of talk about the differences um, between, you know, this kind of like falling into a sexless marriage and things like just having somebody in a relationship who like is asexual, becomes asexual, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there, there's, there's, there's a couple of things here. And I think a lot of times I get it. We all like to soften what's going on with us, right? But I want to keep it in, in in context, right? There are situations where like our sex drives might be impacted. And we talk about this in another show where we're, we're talking about like, there's always differences in sex drive. Like everybody has differences. It's never the same. And there's going to be things that impact your sex drive acutely, right? Like the things that like happen for a period of time and shift. And Pay attention to those things. Like, don't think that, like, you're in a sexless partnership because you caught COVID for a week and you feel sick. Like, believe me, when we had COVID, like, there was no sex good stuff going on. But that's that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the things that pop up or having a difference in sex drive. We're talking about what we were just describing there, where you cannot connect with your partner and feel intimate or even get to the place of being intimate at all. And if it is just bridging differences in, in desire, um, that episode is episode 13. For those of you watching this on YouTube and maybe even Facebook, I don't think we have videos from that far back. So you need to actually go to the podcast, like on, you know, go to a touchplayer.com forward slash show or go to your podcast catcher or whatever and, and listen to episode 13. But this is the other thing with this. And, you know, when I was talking to Cassie earlier, Cassie had wanted to bring that in because that is a real thing for some people. But at the same time, and this is what I want, <clears throat> a lot of times we're seeing people talking about this in the context of the overall relationship, it it becomes a hiding place, right? It becomes an excuse of, well, our sex drives are just different. Um, and, and ignoring the fact that there's a lot of other factors at play beyond just differences in libido and that's why I think this does get brought 
in in the face of non-monogamous people so much more is because it's super easy just to hide in that, oh, well, you know, there's just, there's a libido difference. Like we just have different levels of sex drives, right? And very occasionally that's true. Like us with our partner, there's a huge difference right now, right? Or, well, right now isn't the right phrasing. I think I was thinking about different people, but there's a huge difference like between like our sex drives and Amanda's sex drive, right? And so sometimes that's true, but it can very easily become a place to hide. And the thing about non-monogamy is that when your partner finds somebody else and now you're realizing, again, it isn't that they don't want to have sex, it isn't that they don't have libido, they just don't want to have it with you. Now you know, right? And then also just, I want to take a moment to just distinguish what you're saying about like life circumstances from... From like just the the low sex drive in the relationship and the mm-hmm. the sexlessness in the relationship because you know I would say that that's something that that's a a condition you know maybe for a couple of weeks that you have something serious mm-hmm. going on right somebody's having a really hard time at work somebody's sick there's a health problem somebody's grieving that mm-hmm. kind of a thing I was gonna say grieving yeah thing. but you know after a little bit. It stops being so much a condition and becomes more of an excuse, right? And that's something that's really easy to do. So often when I talk to people, they're like, oh, we haven't had sex in six months. We haven't had sex in a year. They're like, well, we're really busy. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's like everybody always has a lot of stuff going on. Everybody at stages of life gets really busy. Like how busy are you that you can't get a quickie in the shower? Mm -hmm. Like. That I don't isn't, think that isn't a busy problem. That, that isn't a busy problem, right? Like, let's let's just be honest. We can all find fifteen minutes to hop in the shower. Look, folks, I had I had a job for years where I was where I'd, I'd go into work. I'd be gone for like three days. I'd work eighty hours a week. We had a little one. We had other partners in our lives. We had, uh, you know, this this business and this outreach. You know, albeit in a much smaller form, but also still quite a time consuming one. Mm-hmm. We still found time, right? It, it isn't about that. It's about how much you two want each other and how important it is to make the time for that. So, you know, a couple weeks, sure. Like, don't start freaking out and going, oh, like, you know, there's something going on. We're not as intimate as we used to be. Sure. But, you know, a couple weeks turns into a month, turns into months, turns into you need to start looking at what's really going on. And the thing is, is that when this happens and we're, we're making those excuses and, and we're, we're not actually addressing what's going on. Well, first off, we're not getting our needs met, right? And whenever we're not getting our needs met in our relationship, it creates other challenges. And those things where you might have felt a little jealous of your, your metamor or, you are fearing that your partner is not really into you, things like that, it ends up happening, right? Like if you're not getting your needs met here, you're going to start looking for places to get that need met. So this ends up becoming sort of a a self-fulfilling prophecy of worry, right? Like I'm worried because we're not intimate that you're going to find something else. So, or I'm, I'm concerned that like you're really into this other person and things like that. And then because I'm not in a place to connect with you, right, you're going to go do that. So it ends up kind of feeding itself. Anything you want to add on that? 
Mm, no. Not on that. So where do you want to go from here? Um, I mean, we, so we spent a while kind of talking about the challenges with it, right? And, you know, it doesn't feel good. It causes strain in other areas of your relationship. It gives you a comparison to other people that winds up creating jealousy and friction and you feeling bad about yourself a lot of times on whatever end of that you are, right? Whether that's the end of you don't want to have sex with your partner, they don't want to have sex with you, mm-hmm. right? So it causes a lot of problems. Um, I guess uh, maybe moving from here to talking about what people think the problem is when they run into this and what the problem actually is. Okay, so often one of the the big issues with this is what people focus on. And we see this all the time. We see this when people talk to us on the phone. We see it in our Facebook group. They're like, the problem is we're not having sex. And the problem is created from us not having sex, right? Like it's this idea of like sex is the problem. So they try to fix the sex and intimacy I'm going to tell a little, a little story here that, that some people may not know, depending on how long you've been kind of with us. Um, but there was a period years ago. That's why I said, you know, this business has been through different cycles and our coaching and our teaching has been through different cycles at different points, right? There was a period of time, and I'll date this, it was uh, after Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Right around. Right around. Where we went through a, a big phase um, in this company of looking to help people better their relationships by improving their sex and their intimacy, right? And teaching people how to spice things up, how to get back the passion and how to, uh, introduce variety into their relationships, how to overcome like whatever specific sexual challenges they were facing, and we did that a lot. We did a lot of teaching on that. We did coaching on that. We um, ran events and conferences where we taught about that. And other people came in and taught about that. And one of the big shifts for us that led us into focusing more on the relationship path of things was the point a couple of years into that where we realized that most of the time, when people came looking for help with the intimacy, there was nothing technically wrong with the intimacy. It wasn't like, you know, when, when people first got together and they had a good sex life and they knew how to pleasure each other, like that suddenly went away, right? It was that the relationship, the, 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 the sum total of the relationship and the stuff going on in the relationship wound up impacting and and dragging the sex down. And on the other side of that, right, a lot of times people were then looking to try and use sex to fix the relationship problems. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really realizing, right, that at the end of the day, um, you know, when you're looking at intimacy for people most of the time, right, it isn't a matter of like which vibrator to use or which toys to use. What's the best position? What's the best position? Um you know, overcoming X, Y, and Z. Like those are all very easily solved technical problems for the most part. And they can be fun to solve. And they can be very fun <laughs> Very, to very solve. fun to solve. But most of the time when you're looking at a relationship, and especially one where the sex has been good in the past, not like one of you's never been able to have good sex with anybody. 
or you've never been able to get off or you've like had a Pacific like hang up in a specific mm -hmm. spot, right? Like those are like things. Like you're having ED, like, yeah. and even sometimes some of that stuff. But, but overall, unless it's one of those, like, like something really specific to that, when you're not having sex, that isn't about the sex. Yeah. It's about all of the other things going on in your relationship, right? And one of the things that I, I encourage folks to do, and this actually came out of working with folks, is one of the big questions that I would ask is, when did this start? And you want to ask yourself this question. When, when did I see things start to dwindle? When did, I, when, when did things start to shift? Because if the, the, the sex in your relationship was great, but then the jealousy got really bad and the communication was falling apart and you're not getting your other connective needs met. Right? Your partner, you got in an argument, your partner said something nasty about you and your sexual skills and pleasing them and how you are in bed or how you look, right? Or it started falling off as the connection started falling off in other areas of life. Like all of these things, like those are things you need to look at because here's the truth of it. And we talk all the time about how in a relationship, one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they try and focus on specific problems rather than raising the whole level of the relationship. As a general rule, the level of the relationship goes up or down together, right? It's very hard to have an amazing sex life if the rest of your relationship is shit. And, you know, I, people talk all the time about like makeup sex and angry sex and all that stuff. And in my experience, that's something, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, Cassie, that tends to be the case for like newer relationships where that works. But the longer you're in and the more buildup of like shit that happens, it just becomes very hard to have an amazing sex life if the rest of your relationship isn't where you want it to be. It's newer relationships, right? Because like there hasn't been a buildup of it. Or it's... It's something we do every once in a blue moon when we've had a spat. We've had a little spat and you know what? Rather than like trying to figure out who's putting the dishes in the dishwasher, we ended up fucking in the kitchen. Like that, like cool, right? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we're getting into these arguments where we're, we're, we're lashing at each other. We're saying horrible things and then we're having sex afterwards. And that doesn't, that doesn't last. And folks, it's just common sense. Like, just think about this for a minute. Like if you're in a place where the, you, you know, you're just full of jealousy all the time, you constantly find yourself comparing yourself to your partner and now you go to have sex. What happens? Like you get up in your head, you start comparing, you start wondering if you're as good as this other person. You start thinking about what your partner did with them, you know, about the time they came home and told you that they, you know, they did this thing with them, right? Or, you know, wondering if you're good enough. Of course that kills the sex drive, right? Or, you know, if you're in a spot where you're arguing and saying nasty shit all the time uh, and you're, you're feeling like disconnected and distant, of course you aren't like raring it to go to fuck this person who is like nasty and shitty and says mean stuff to you. If you're in a place where, you know, anytime you're not having sex, you're sitting in the same room and you're feeling miles apart and they're ignoring you and playing on their phone and everything else is more important. You feel like unimportant and unseen and unloved in the relationship. It's super hard to get into the sex. And this is, folks, why when our partner goes off and goes to another relationship, a lot, or we do, a lot of times that sex all of a sudden is really good. It's because there isn't all this other shit going on. It's the same reason the sex used to be really good between us. It's because there wasn't all this other stuff piled up there in the relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing is the sex 
not being what it was, it not being there is a symptom of those things, right? It is, it is what happens. It's what, you know, if you're listening to Josh just talk there for a minute, you're probably like, of course, of course I wouldn't want to, to be intimate with someone when every other moment that we're together, we feel miles apart, right? Of course, I don't want to be intimate with someone who I don't feel respected or loved or valued the rest of the time. It's a no-brainer. So the thing is, is it ends up being the symptom. And then people try to fix that symptom with getting a different sex toy or taking a tantra class or trying trying to spice things up with kink. And, and all those things are fun, again, but the, that's not going to resolve it. And, and one other thing that's unique to non-monogamous relationships, or isn't always, but should be, right, is that sometimes people will try and fix a sexual connection between us by us having sex with other people. And that's, that's, that's a tricky thing, right? Because a lot of times that can seem like it works up front. A lot of times, you know, if the sex between us really sucks and we go off and have sex with other people, a lot of times the sex will be better, right? Whether it's because there's a sense of novelty there, whether it's a placebo effect of now expecting things to get better, or, and this is what we see most often, whether it is now I feel like I have to compete with this other person. So in the short term, I'm going to start having sex more. I'm going to start doing things I maybe wouldn't do. I'm going to start focusing more on your pleasure. And, and, and in the short term, maybe the sex does get good. Here's the problem though. You know, well, that can be an awesome thing and that can even stay an awesome thing if overall our relationship is good and our sex life is good. You know, having other stuff going on can, can provide a good boost. If what's going on between us is bad, that actually, what, what that winds up doing is this gives us this bump that, that has a later crash, right? Because what you're really, I want you to think about that. What you're really doing when you're in that moment is you are performing because you are feeling pressured and in fear that somebody else is going to be better than you, is pleasing your partner more than you, that you're going to be replaced, and you're doing things that you wouldn't typically do. And I don't even necessarily just mean activities, but I mean focusing on your partner, having sex, and, and this is the having sex more, and this is the problem, right? At the end of the day, there is an energy under that of being forced into doing something that you aren't doing for the sake of doing it. Even if you're the person who's forcing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense of, and there's an energy of comparing and worrying and all that under that. So while that gives a, a little boost in the short term, in the longer term, that resentment, that worry, that comparison winds up causing problems, either in, in more problems in the sex between us or in, in the other areas of our relationship. Now we're arguing more. Now we're this, now we're that. And that little boost that we get in our sex life just winds up crashing and burning further down. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think you covered that pretty well. So with that said, let's talk about what is the answer. Like what should people be doing if they find themselves in a sexless relationship where it, again, isn't just a libido difference, right? Or a little short temporary life circumstance and they're looking to fix it. So that's the thing. What you need to do is you need to be looking at your relationship as a whole. 
and working on that idea of raising the level of your relationship and creating a thriving relationship in all areas. The sex and physical intimacy in your relationship is a sign of, it's, it's really the, the product of the connection that you have with your partner. So you need to start viewing it that way. Like when we are in a great place and we are feeling good in our relationship, well, the sex in our relationship is probably more frequent. It's easier. It feels better. And all of us know what that's like. And that should really be what you're gauging is seeing when there is these things, when you're feeling like you're stuck in a sexless partnership, when you're feeling like you just can't get to a place where the intimacy is great, is to start looking at the relationship as a whole. Folks, this is, and like I said, we talk about this all the time, right? But this idea of, I think it's relationship synergy. We, we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we switched the word a little while back because the word we were using before was a little uh, hard to pronounce, right? Um, what were we saying before? Gestalt, relationship gestalt, right? <laughs> Relationships energy or relationship gestalt or just, it doesn't matter. But like really at the end of the day, it's being in this place where understanding that in our relationships, like nothing is disconnected from each other and you can't work on fixing any one thing in isolation, right? The, the challenges in our relationships touch every area. Like it's impossible to have shitty communication and to be arguing and fighting and saying nasty shit with each other and to feel super loved and connected. It's impossible to be in a spot where our relationship is super insecure and falling apart around us. And my partner has an amazing relationship with somebody else and not to feel jealous and insecure and to worry about being replaced. Right. It's impossible to be in a spot of being jealous and feeling crappy and crummy and not to have that bleed over into how we communicate with our partners, into the agreements that we make. When you have an area of your relationship that isn't where you want it to be, you have to look at raising all of the key areas of your relationships, right? And that looks like your connection and intimacy, but it also looks like not just the intimate portion of that connection, but again, that, that, that feeling of love and happiness and togetherness and, uh, you know, like loving each other that we have, right? But again, it's not just that. It's, it's the jealousy and security. It's the communication. It's the agreements. It's all of these key areas that you have to raise up in order to build the relationships that you want. And they all have to be raised together. Because again, like it, it just, it, you can never focus on just fixing one thing because not only will you not make progress and any progress that you do made gets torn back down. Right. So, you know, we just work on feeling way more secure in our relationship. Well, that works until the next argument where you say something super shitty to me and tell me how awful I am and, and, you know, that you don't know why you're here in this relationship. You have to raise all these things together. So when you're looking at increasing the intimacy, sure, like Cassie said, like all these things have places, like making sure that there's variety mm -hmm. in that. Variety is um, great. Variety is great. Mm -hmm. Getting better at the physical pieces of it is great. Like all of those things are great and they're also not the problem. 
right? They're also not the problem 99% of the time. Like I said, especially if you had a decent sex life at one point and now it's fallen off. That isn't what's going on. You need to focus on building a better relationship overall, including the intimacy. And in that, you're going to see the intimacy explode and get so much better than you would if you just focused on positions and sex toys and things like that. Anything else you want to throw in there, Cassie? No, it's, it's, and, and the awesome thing is, is like, I want to stress this again. We're not telling you not to do all the other things. Like, again, we mentioned earlier, like sex is one of my favorite things. Like, absolutely do the fun, kinky stuff. Absolutely try all those things. But when your relationship is in a great place and that intimacy feeling is already great, those things that you're experimenting with or adding in become more fun. They become more exciting versus those things ending up possibly even feeling worse, right? Like, because you feel like you're broken because it didn't fix the issue. Folks, we have hundreds of podcast episodes on that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, hundreds is a strong, dozens. But you have to focus on getting your relationship to a decent place. And you can do it all at the same time. You can focus on the things to bring in the intimacy. And actually, you should be the things to bring in the intimacy and to fix the communication and to get rid of the jealousy and to build the connection outside of the bedroom. You can focus on all that at once, right? You don't have to just leave the intimacy aside. But you don't want to just focus on that. Focus on building a thriving, loving, passionate, secure, sexy relationships, relationships, right? And you're going to see that love and that passion and that intimacy and that being desired and wanted show back up in the ways that it did when you first got together. Okay. Now, how do you build a thriving relationship? That wasn't really the topic of this episode. But what we have done is we've put together a amazing training on the five pillars that we've seen over years and years and years of working with non-monogamous relationships, the five pillars that anybody needs in their relationships if they want those relationships to thrive. Okay. And we, we put that together in a really awesome training. You can go through, I think it's only like 35, 40 minutes long, and it will absolutely transform the way that you approach and do your relationships. We talk more about this idea of relationship synergy in there, um, how to get the connection, how to overcome the jealousy, all of those things. So if you want to watch that, really simple. Go to a touchofflavor.com forward slash pillars, a touchofflavor.com forward slash pillars. It'll take you right to the training, just punch in your name, punch in your email. Uh, it'll drop you right in and you can watch it right then and there. You can watch it later with your partner, whatever. But it is going to be uh, just, just to completely transform the way you look at your relationships. Like I said, this is these are the five key things that we've taken from years and years and years of helping non-monogamous folks transform their relationships and their connection and their intimacy to get that to where you want it to be. So anything else there, Cassie, that you want to wrap in there? No, just absolutely go to that training. It's it'll it'll blow your mind. So do that. And and last piece, like I said, if if there is just, you know, you are in a spot where you're listening to this and you've listened to all this and you're like, you know, I really do just feel like everything in our relationship is really great, right? And it really is just a difference in libido. It's really just a, a difference 
in desire between us and that's it just go ahead um like i said you can go to the podcast episode uh what episode was that i forget what i said hold on wait i'll get it for you again i think it was 13 it's one of the uh, one of the first ones yeah, 13. You can even just go to a touchflavor.com forward slash 013 and it'll drop you right into the episode. So definitely listen to that. Like I said, we, we already have an amazing resource on that. That's why we didn't focus very much there today. We wanted to focus on what we see in most people, right? Who are in a, stuck in a, a situation where the relationship feels sexless, which isn't that it's, it's libido. It's that it's all the other garbage that's built up. Okay. So do that. Explore those resources. Those are going to help you absolutely transform the intimacy between you. And we will see you all here next show. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We release new episodes every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you're ready to transform your relationship and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with us, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about an hour and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. What's really not working in your relationships, what your dream relationships would look like, and a step-by-step plan to close the gap and save your family even if nothing has worked before. We talk with hundreds of non-monogamous folks like you every year. And here's the truth. Building loving, thriving relationships, that doesn't happen on its own. You need expert guidance to make that happen. And unfortunately, when you're building relationships outside the box, that's impossible to find. And we get it. But that's exactly what we do. We've helped clients all over the world save their families, get the passion back, and become best friends again. So if you want to see if we can help you do the same, head over to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'm Cassie. And I'm Josh. Let's talk soon.